0: songs can fly.
1: Did you know Purple Songs Can Fly? Welcome to our program, produced by the Children in Treatment at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. Our program is about great music made by some terrific young talents. Now here are the hosts of
2: Purple Songs Can Fly. Hello and welcome to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Zachary Taplin. And my
3: name is Emily Freeman.
2: And you're listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. So today, we'll be talking with Child Life Specialist extraordinaire, Ms. Dana Swan. Hi, Dana. How are you doing?
0: Hi, I'm hey. doing
4: great. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me.
2: So I think, um, at least from my perspective, uh, this is the first time I've met you. I have no idea what a Child Life Specialist is, and I really, really do want to know. So um, just to start off for our audience, uh, could you please tell us kind a little bit about what a Child Life Specialist is and what and you do?
3: what they do, Yeah.
4: Well, we have a background in child development, and we specialize in how hospitalization and illness can impact um, a child's development. And so Mm -hmm. our goal is to keep the child developing as normally as possible, despite all that they're going through. And we do that by preparing them for things, explaining to them what's going on with their bodies and why they're at the hospital, and also incorporating a lot of play and normalization into this environment to make it less scary and more fun. Sure,
2: sure. That sounds like a really critical role, um, really, in kind of making sure that the, a patient um, it remains a child and maintains growing um, through this experience.
3: And a great idea.
4: I really enjoy it. It's very rewarding to see you know, what a, an impact you can make to help make their journey a little easier or help just make that one day even a little bit easier for them. So. Sure.
2: Yeah. So how would you get interested in child life?
4: Well, it's interesting. I, I never, I didn't really know about child life. Um, mm-hmm. I was in college and I knew that I wanted to work with children in a healthcare setting. And so, um, I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician, and mm-hmm. so I actually have a degree in chemistry and a minor in biology. Really? <laughs> wow. Yes. And I used to work at um, a summer camp for disabled children. When I was in college, I would each summer I would spend at this camp and we would have experience different, you know, children with different disabilities. Each week would be a, like a different disability, focus on a different disability. Okay. And when the summer before my senior year of college, One of my co-counselors was studying to be a child life specialist, and I was like, "Tell me more!" And so she (laughs) told me about it, and I was like, "That's really what I wanted to do. I just I didn't know it existed." Right, and Uh, it's
3: like that sounds. I was like, "That's exactly what I want to do." Yeah. Yeah. So
4: I knew um, just to work with children in that way. It was just very fascinating to me, Mm. and so. But I was already almost finished with my four-year degree, so I went ahead and finished out my four-year degree. And then I went and got my master's degree so that I could do child life. Because it was a lot quicker than getting a whole nother four-year degree. So, sure. Since my first sure. degree was not very relatable at all, so, so I, I went it. and got my master's degree so that I could do child life. So,
2: well, speaking as a freshman in college myself and in my infinite wisdom, I do know how difficult it is to get a, <laughs> a chemistry major and a biology minor. I'm sure that prepares you for um, studying for child life in uh, your masters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But I am curious, kind of, how does one study for ch- to be a child life specialist? Um, in grad school, um, it, uh, do is mostly hands-on, or is it really theoretical and like psychology based? Or?
4: It's a, it's a mixture, but um, I think a lot of the grad school part, the like schooling part, is um, a lot of the theories. You write a lot of papers. You take a lot of child development courses. I happen to take a lot of like counseling and play therapy courses. Mm. Um, so it just sort of depends on what school you attend, but. Um, It is a lot of theory, like I said, in writing papers at first. I feel like once you do your internship in the hospital setting is where you really get the hands-on part. And that's really where you learn more of the day-to-day and how to apply all those theories that you've been learning about and writing papers about. So...
2: Do you feel that um, those theories really did carry over strongly, or do you feel that you learned more from just kind of on-the-job experience?
4: I think that it gives the theories, give a good foundation, but I feel like definitely the experience, just experience and being here, you, I feel mm. like you really learn how to help the child, you know. Mm. Experience, I think,
3: is really the most valuable. Right. So um, as a child life specialist, I... Um, Do you ever, like, um, find, like, a child where, okay, I'm suggesting different things to do. Do they just, like, don't jump into it? They're just like, um, I really don't want to do this. And you're kind of, like, drawing a blank. Mm -hmm. Do you ever... Find a situation like that?
4: Definitely. Yeah. I definitely have, you know, patients that for like a particular procedure, for example, mm. they just, and it's one that they might have to have over and over again, and they just okay. can't seem to, to figure out a way to... To make, you know, to make it easier for them. And so sometimes it's just trial and error. You just try different things. And and eventually you find something that works. But I feel like, you know, it's kind of just sticking with it. You know, trying to develop a routine around that procedure. Trying to get the nursing staff involved. And trying Mm -hmm. to create some consistency. And that sort of thing can really help.
0: Sure,
4: sure. And sometimes it just takes time. Yeah.
2: Right. So could could you walk us through um, kind of a, a... day in the life of a Child Life Specialist. So, mm-hmm. so what would be like kind of an average day uh, for you on, on the job?
4: Um, most of the time I start out, of course, by checking my census to see who's coming in that day. Mm. Um, I We also have a procedure area in the clinic and so I always make a point to check in on the procedure area. Um, A lot of the kids in the procedure area, they're not able to eat or drink, and so I want to make sure that I'm providing normalization and things for them to do so that they're not thinking about being hungry. Right. Because when they're thinking about being hungry, their anxiety just gets higher and higher. Mm -hmm. And so I want to try to, you know, provide things to kind of keep their mind off of that. Um, and also, if, if it's a child that's in that area for the first time, then I'll make sure and spend time with them to explain to them, you know, what's going to happen that day. Mm. And that can sometimes, you know, help reduce their anxiety as well. Um, and, and I also um, look over the schedule to see if there's any new patients. And if there's new patients, I'll definitely make a point to introduce Child Life Services to the new patients and the new families. Yeah. And help them, you know, understand kind of what the day is going to be like, answer any questions that they might have, um, make sure that the patient is coping okay in clinic, um, especially if they're here for the first time. Um, and then some of the times I'm just like playing and building relationships, mm. especially with the, the ones that are newer and not as comfortable. So we do right. do a lot of play. Um, I happen to work, most of my patients are, are preschool age because mm. of the diagnosis that I work with. Yeah. It's just more common to happen in like toddlers and preschool age children. And so right. I do, I end up spending a lot of time just in play, I feel like. And just trying to make this environment, you know, more fun and less scary. Right. And,
2: and I, I really want to um, kind of talk more about the specifics of this when we get back from our break. During our break, please enjoy When It Comes from the Heart, by me, Zachary. And I wrote this when I was 13 years old.
5: All the strides and all the struggles, all the valleys, all the hills, all the triumphs, all the sorrows, dedication to your field, You're a hero to so many, all around the world you're known have changed the course of history to made the world a better home when it comes from the heart Have some regrets. You should have none. You've succeeded in the challenges you've met. You're a hero to so many all around the world. You're known. You have changed the course of history.
6: show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world our hosts are two teens who know fashion and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation tune in to fashion forward on voice america kids we'll discuss what's hot and what's not the latest in fashion trends things to look for on the horizon and more fashion forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today tonight this weekend and this season Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, or Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with
3: opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of the mall and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at PurplesongsCanfly.org. Now back to our show.
2: Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Zachary Tavlin.
3: And I'm Emily Freeman.
2: And we're going to continue with our conversation about being a child life specialist uh, with Dana Swan, a child life specialist at Texas Children's Hospital in uh, Houston, Texas, um, where we are recording right now. So, um, we were kind of talking a little bit when we cut about um, kind of your kind of day in the life you talked a lot about how you worked a lot with like preschool age roundabouts Mm -hmm. children Mm -hmm. and did specific activities to make like treatment and life easier for them in a clinical environment
3: and less scary
2: and much less scary Mm -hmm. um what would some of those kind of exercises be um to help them and what all do you use
3: i use dolls
4: a lot we have like Teaching dolls that we mm. can use um, that have portacaths, which a lot of our patients have those to get their treatment, um, and we do a lot of medical play where we actually use some of the the medical equipment that they'll see in the mm. clinic environment: the blood pressure cuffs, the stethoscopes, sure. the um, all the supplies that they would use to actually perform a port access and the patients can actually practice on the teaching dolls to help them get more familiar and more comfortable with the procedure and so we do do a lot of medical play to help prepare them for any type of procedure that they're going to encounter and then sometimes we're just playing like normal childhood games, board games, puzzles, sometimes just building that relationship so mm, right. so that way um, they know that I'm someone they can trust. And so sometimes it's just doing normal childhood childhood things to help them get comfortable with me. And, and then I can, once they're comfortable with me and trust me, then we can, you know, further explore, you know, and get them comfortable with the hospital setting because they trust that what I'm telling them is true, so.
2: That's great. That is great. I mean, yeah, I heard you talk a little bit when you talked about your education about how um, some of the things you worked with for learning, like play therapy mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Is that medical play um, play therapy itself or is play therapy something different? It sounds like that kind of playing with the medical concepts yeah. really helps them.
4: it can be. It can be. Um, there's different types of play therapy. Um, and also, I feel like play therapy... You know, it can be more non-directed where you just sort of let the child, let them play and let them sort of lead the play. Whereas medical play, depending on what your purpose is, if you're preparing them for something or a procedure or surgery, it's more directed. And so you're kind of showing them what's going to happen right. and, instead of letting the child just take the lead. So it just sort of depends on what your goal is yeah. for, the, for the play. Right. And so that can kind of be a little different.
2: Is, is okay. the child aware that the doll represents kind of what they're going to go through, or are they just dealing with the concepts with something that's separate from themselves, and they're familiar with it whenever okay. they they undergo a procedure?
4: Most of the time, they they're aware that they're like the doll because I'll point out, like, see this this doll has a portacath like you do, and so a lot of times we try to make exactly. those see, similarities right, and okay. Okay. okay, so a lot of times they can kind of and it's interesting some sometimes I will present um, like we have these cloth dolls that are just Mm -hmm. blank and the children have to draw a face if they would like to and so sometimes I'll present just a blank doll to them and that's when it's more just letting the child lead the play and just kind of see where they go with it. Right. Um, and I always have them draw a face. And it's interesting to see how they draw the face. Like, is it a happy face or is it a sad face? And so it's interesting to see. A lot of times you can kind of tell how the child is feeling. And you
3: can see exactly the, how they Yes, yeah, so it's okay. really
4: neat to, to see kind of when you kind of let them lead sort of where they'll take it and you can tell a lot about how they're feeling and even when at such a young age you know they can still project those feelings through their play.
2: That's really interesting how they kind of project that Mm -hmm. onto the blank canvas. Yes. Um, Do you you find there's a difference between different types of children like like girls and boys and how they kind of interact with the play therapy and the kind of um, Child life specialty. Definitely,
4: mm-hmm. I, I feel like all ch- all children are so different. You know, boys, girls. I mean, I, I feel like they're all really different, and so I always try to, you know, be very m- focused on the individual that's in front of me, and not really yes. compare it to other five year olds. Because some of them, right. um, you know, some of them they might be the same age, but they may really be in medical play, whereas others might not enjoy medical play. And so right. sometimes you have to find a different way to teach them, or
3: mm-hmm.
4: so sometimes it's just trial and error, and definitely just take them all as an individual.
3: And improvise.
4: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you use the same techniques on um, older children as well, or, or do things kind of change as they get older?
4: Definitely they change as they get older. Um, I use, more, sometimes I use pictures, like we have, like, pictures of different procedures and the steps, so okay. they can, like, look, it's sort of like looking at a picture book where you can go through each step, like, mm. this is what's going to happen first. Or, and point things sh- out. Yes, or okay. showing them the room. Um, so I feel like I use a lot more pictures, and, and sometimes just conversations, mm. um, you know, as they get older, and just kind of answering their questions, and and trying to determine, you know, what are your worries, what are your concerns, and Mm. just kind of creating a plan. A lot of times it's just, you know, helping them establish their own coping plan because sometimes they may not need me necessarily um, in the room when they're having the procedure, but it's nice sometimes to be able to kind of help them create a plan beforehand if they are anxious or worried so we can kind of create, okay, what's going to help? you know, through mm-hmm. each step. And so helping to create that can be helpful for older patients.
2: That sounds super useful just in a, in a practical everyday sense for these children mm-hmm, as right. well because they get to deal with that stress without it kind of eating them up in the inside right, and someone yes. to help process it with them. Um, has this Has this kind of thing always been available for patients or is this a newer development?
4: Child yeah. life has been around... God, I'm not, I I think since the 1950s, maybe. Really? So it's really been around. It's definitely more common now than it used to to be, for sure. See,
3: I mean, I had no idea. Um,
4: I don't think it's been at Texas Children's. It It hasn't been at Texas Children's for that long. Right. Um, I'm not exactly sure when the first um, Child Life program was started. And it was very small. You know, it started Mm. just a couple of people.
3: Well, see, when I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed with cancer in June of 2009. I had never heard of a right. child life specialist and i was pleasantly surprised <laughs> right yeah
2: and and i actually really want to talk more about kind of child life specialists specialists and the kind of relationship with the public and other people as well mm-hmm. um, when we get back from break um so this break we're going to listen to a song called being invincible and it was written by leslie when she was 16 years old uh stay with us and enjoy
6: We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have we got a show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world? Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not. The latest in fashion trends things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids Channel.
1: And now, Kid Star Update. Here's Cole with Sports Rewind.
7: My name is Cole Meant from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and you are listening to Sports Rewind. In NBA news, Miami falls to the Bulls 88-85 in o- overtime. Miami is on a three-game losing streak, but they ended that streak against the Wizards, winning 99-90. If they would have lost, they would have not made it to the playoffs. It was a close one for the Heat. And also, the Lakers defeat the Thunder 114-110, his third triple-double in that game. In college basketball news, Michigan takes a win over Indiana 84 80. In the Big Ten tournament, begins March 13th in Indianapolis. Number one, Michigan, number two, Wisconsin, number three, Michigan State, and number four, Nebraska all earn first round buys. And everyone is gearing up for March Madness, which begins March 16th. In NHL news, Detroit loses to the Rangers 0 3. Washington wins against Florida five to two. My name is Cole Beyond and thank you for listening to Sports Rewind on the Kids Star Radio Network.
1: You've been listening to Sports Rewind.
6: We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases?
1: listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome
2: back to Purple Songs Can Fly on Voice America Kids. I'm Zach Tablin. I'm
1: Emily Freeman.
2: And we're going to continue our conversation with Dana Swan, Child Life Specialist. So, over the break, we talked a little bit and um, some really cool concepts actually came out of this that I hadn't really heard before, and they sound very official. So I'm going to use them as if they were mine, but I did not say them. Miss uh, <laughs> Swan said them. So, uh, could you please talk about? You talked a little blah, blah blah about purposeful play. now other people kind of see you as like that that woman who plays with children just just for fun, but there's a purpose behind everything you do.
4: Yes, um, I, I get called the play lady a lot <laughs> um, by physicians and, you know, just staff in the cancer center. And I always, I, I, I accept the title happily because I do enjoy playing. But uh, there's always a purpose behind my play, whether it's um, you know trying to help the child get comfortable with just being in clinic, um, whether it's helping them understand why they're here, or helping you know prepare them for a a procedure that they're about to experience. I always have a purpose, and sometimes just building that relationship—you know—it's just building those relationships. Mm. and so we definitely always had something in mind when we were playing. Right, It's so much more than that. It
0: is, it
2: is. And one more interesting concept that kind of came out of break a little bit, um, you talked about building relationships. And you talked about how you don't even need to speak kind of the same language because you can use kind of um, playing in that kind of environment to convey so much.
4: It's a universal Um, language. (laughs) Yes, definitely.
2: So do you want to kind of elaborate on that a little bit?
4: Yes, some of my closest relationships um, can, you know, can happen even with children that don't speak the same language mm. as me because like you said, play is a universal language. Right. And so we can always communicate using play. And that's how young children communicate is play. Yeah. They're not able to express, you know, what they're feeling or thinking. A lot of times they don't have the vocabulary to, to kind of express that. And so it all comes out in their play. And so and especially with, you know, children that come here for other from other countries or, or that haven't learned mm-hmm. English, that it's not their primary language. Just showing them what's going to happen, playing with a doll or or just bringing normalization, just bringing play into that room can right. make them just change their whole attitude and make them less afraid and see me as a less threatening person. They can, you know, when I'm bringing them fun things, right. they start to realize, oh, she's not going to poke me or she's not going <laughs> to, you know, no. I right. had like the fun job and so just by being able to do that they're able to to get comfortable and start to trust me and and i can kind of be that support for them
2: so once you've identified it may, may be a possible issue like you, you, you've played with a child for a while and you and you realize they're having a difficult time um, understanding why they're there or they're having a difficult time processing stress mm-hmm. with treatment mm-hmm. um, or something like that how, how do you um, deal with those emergent issues um, do, do you personally like just kind of focus more on making them more comfortable or, or whatever would or to be required to help them deal with that particular problem? Or do you refer them to someone else who will help them deal with that?
4: I think, um... I definitely try to help them as much as I can. Sometimes if it's mm. out of my scope or I, or they need further help, we definitely have psychologists we can refer them to. I also think music is very powerful. Yes. And so being sometimes being able to refer them to Purple Songs Can Fly, for example, mm. can be so therapeutic because mm. maybe they're ones, you know, they might be a patient that they're not comfortable with just sitting down and talking to someone. Mm. But just, you know, having the ability to write a song or work with someone to write a song can help them kind of express some of the things that they're feeling and so that's another great way is through like some of our art programs here like we have watercolor artists that come in you know different types of art and so that's another thing that can be very powerful to children that are having a hard time expressing themselves verbally there's just so many other ways they can express what they're feeling
3: and I think it's great because um It'll take your mind off of something scary you're going through. Um I know that's really um, well. you know true with me. Um, I just love I, I love all that um, child life specialists do and mm-hmm. everything
2: and I, I personally know that that kind of experience of some children don't want to open up mm-hmm. um really applies to me as a child, although you might not know it now. Uh, <laughs> and, I always did enjoy talking. Um, At the time, I was kind of very scared of the environment of the Mm -hmm. hospital um, Mm -hmm. when I was being diagnosed because um, there's a lot of unknown factors. I didn't really know what was going on. It was very confusing. I was up there a lot. and um, So I just was in the corner of my little thing, and it took someone coming up to me and being like... you know, we don't even need to talk about this, you know, we can write about anything. I wrote like a little poem about not eating fish, and then that mm-hmm. became something I, I wrote a song about, right? And, and and just doing something that wasn't a totally unrelated treatment in an artistic way right. really helped me become more comfortable with just the environment as a whole, and mm-hmm. really kind of helped me deal with that a lot. And embrace it. Right, and embrace it. And I, and I was um, a little bit older, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started coming when I was about like 11, mm-hmm. so it probably was a little different, Um for me, but I, I found that was very very helpful. Right. Um, when you when you talk about using um different techniques and toys and dolls and such, mm-hmm. has, has there been have you noticed a change moving forward in time um, towards things more like technology based? I know when Definitely. I when I see children, I see them a lot with iPads and right. kind of
4: iPads. <laughs> right. Right. We actually have iPads now that we use a lot for education. Really? And so it's really cool because we we'll, we use drawing apps or, you know, there's tons of applications about, like, the the body and how different parts of the body work. And so we can actually use those to make it more interactive and especially for the kids that are really engaging in technology these days. It makes it more fun, like a fun way for them sure. to learn.
2: Right, right. And I, I kind of want to talk... Um, a little bit more about this as well um, as it relates to kind of children and, and growth and, and how that kind of carries through as, as they grow older um, when we get back from break. Um, so in this break we're going to listen to a song uh, Dream, who which was written by Stephanie when she was 15 years old and this is another kind of universal language, kind of like play, because it's music. <laughs>
8: Loving yourself
6: The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What's cooking? Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food, beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques. Speak with some of the world's top chefs and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook. Every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit!
1: You are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now back to our show.
2: Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids network. I am Zach Tavlin.
1: I'm Emily Freeman.
2: And we're going to continue with our conversation about child life specialties and how that kind of carries forward into um, an older child's life with Dana Swann, child life specialist at Texas Children's Hospital. Yes. Um, and so I kind of just said <laughs> it there a little bit. My, my main question after the last segment was kind of, how do you see children grow as, as they get older? And do you follow them as well, or do you mostly focus on younger children? Or, or does the, their treatment and play and kind of child life specialty follow them throughout their uh, treatment cycle?
4: Um, I still try to continue to follow them. I don't follow them. The further out from treatment they get, I don't follow them as closely. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm still involved in them finishing treatment and returning back to school. A lot of times it's another thing the child life specialist can help with is transitioning them back to their school. And and being more normal. Sometimes the patient may not, may still look a little different from just the treat the effects of treatment, the side effects and that sort of thing. And so one of the things that I really enjoy is going into that child's school and explaining to their class, you know, where they've been, um, you know, why they may look a little different, help answer all their questions, right. clear up any misconceptions they may have.
3: Well, I think that's, that's great because you know, everybody has a question. Everybody has a question, and they may not feel comfortable asking the, the patient um, those questions exactly. that they may have. Exactly. So.
4: And so, I, I actually, I had a patient, um, actually, on Friday who is just terrified of going back to school. She's mm-hmm. 10, and she's oh. just terrified. And so, you know, just sitting down with her and just making a plan, okay— it's time to go back to school, so, you know, we have to figure out how to help you feel as comfortable as possible. Mm. So, so you know, just making a plan of going out to visit her school and, and also sitting down with her and, like, figuring out, okay, what questions are you afraid of? You know, and, and kind of identifying those and, like, coming up with a response, like, helping her come up with a response. So mm. when she's asked that question, she feels empowered and she knows what to say. Mm. How are we going to cope with Exactly. This? Yeah. And so even, you know, writing out scripts, okay, if someone asks you this, you know, what are you going to say? And like actually practicing it and just helping her, you know, feel empowered, I feel like, so that she can, you know, make that transition. Because sometimes, you know, for some patients it's more scary than others. It just sort of depends yeah. on your personality. Right. But that's another part of my job that I really enjoy is helping them sort of transition back into normal life as well
2: how long had had she or even just patients in general how long are they generally kind of out of school
4: it depends on the diagnosis um i typically follow patients that have leukemia and lymphoma so typically around six months to seven months probably i would say they're out of school um and so do you know just depending on you know if it's summer when they get diagnosed or what have you can kind of determine but um, the actual treatments can last, you know, up to three years mm. for the di- – but they, you just don't have to come to clinic as often. So right. you're able mm. to return back to your school and more normal life, as normal mm. as as possible, but still taking a lot of oral medications at home. Yeah. So it just sort of depends on the diagnosis. But okay. Hmm, okay. Yeah.
2: So um, how would you say that um, – being a child life specialist, do you see a strong impact with with certain children um, as they grow older in their treatment? Like, I, I can imagine if it's if this is like a three-year process, mm-hmm. you start with someone that maybe is in like preschool. Do you do you see them as they grow older and are still kind of in treatment, really kind of? grow and really handle these issues since yes. you're with them for such a long period of time.
4: Definitely. And, and we have a long-term survivor clinic um, here at Texas Children's. So it's really amazing. So the patients will still come back once a year for checkups. And I've, I've been at Texas Children's for a little over 12 years now. And so I've truly seen children, you know, you know, start treatment when they're three or four and then become you know, they're teenagers now. And so right. it's been really neat to see them grow up and to see the the people that they become. And mm. I feel like this experience can really change you right. or change the patient. I, I feel like it I don't know if it prepares them in some way of but I feel like they always just turn out really nice. And I don't even really know flourish. how to explain it. Yes. Yeah. It's just really interesting to see how the experience can really impact them for the better. I mean, I feel like they all take something from it.
2: Right.
3: That is so cool. Mm -hmm. And
2: and so to uh, children listening to this now and thinking, this sounds like an amazing thing to do. Mm -hmm. I would love to do this. Do you have any advice for them or um, tips or tricks on how to become a child specialist?
4: volunteering can be very important like as much experience with children that you can get can Mm -hmm. be very helpful when you're trying to prepare for um, a career as a child life specialist so if you're able to volunteer um, you know in a children's hospital or your church even Mm -hmm. you know just wherever you can find those opportunities that can be very helpful and then um, your schooling just getting a good foundation in child development um, can be very can kind of prepare you for that and then of course the internship mm. there's an internship that you do once you finish your schooling and that truly prepares you I feel like for your yeah. kind of day to day work where you're really applying what you learned in school to it's more practical and right. Hands on so and then it's time for a job in the real world so mm. <laughs> and with child life you you don't really like when I did my internship it's interesting I didn't really work with patients that had cancer or blood disorders. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to apply for my first job, it just happened to there just happened to be an opening in with cancer patients. And so oh. I really didn't have any experience with cancer patients until my first job. And I feel like I just sort of fell in love and I've been with that population since I started and oh. I just have really enjoyed it. But in when you're doing your internship you just you sort of do more general things. You might get a little experience in s- a couple of specific areas, but it's just interesting that I ended up in cancer because I didn't really have any formal training in cancer right. at all. Right. So. Right. But and it's been very rewarding. So.
2: And it's also been very rewarding just to talk to you. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to thank you from both of us. Um, for coming here today and talking yes. about this. And um, I'm sure you know. Uh, I, as a recipient of just this kind of environment, you know, thank you for doing your work and yes. really making an impact with kids' lives.
3: Oh, thank you guys for having me. Well, we're gonna end this show um, by a song by
0: Brandon
3: called "Love Power," and he was 14 when he wrote it. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. It makes me sing, it lifts me up. It makes my heart ring, pure and simple. Love is kind, love is uniting. It helps me up.
1: Thanks for listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. We'll see you again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Kids channel. And remember, for more information about the Purple Songs Can Fly project, visit www.purplesongscanfly.org. We'll be back with more music next week.
7: Marie from Bookworm, and now from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Here's Mr. Saxophone Dave Farmer with the Gila.
1: In the Mexican desert, there lives an orange and black lizard called the Gila monster. Hey,
7: I am not a monster.
1: That hurts my feelings.
0: No offense, that's just what they call you. That's just me. I am not so bad. My apologies Now, the Gila Monster's skin is blotchy and
1: bumpy patches Hey, and... what's your problem? Love? This interview is over If you can't be more nicer Sorry, let's see uh, How's this? His skin is an abstract pattern of stripes and spots Hey, I like
0: that Abstract That's cool and man, does he love to dance Make some room, Gringo I don't go so fast, but I make every move count Look out!
2: Monster that is. Wait, you're okay with that, right?
0: Yeah, I embrace it now. It's it's who I am, you know. Hey, you hungry? Uh, I could eat. <laughs> my brother has a great little place on Sounds great. Here, we'll take
1: my car. Let me uh, get the door
5: for you. Okay. Hey, hey watch my tail. Oh, sorry, sorry. It'll grow back, but I like the one I got. Oh, all right.
0: I got gotcha. I got you. Gracias. <laughs>
7: That was Dave Farver, Mr. Saxophone from the Kidstar Album of the Month. Check it out on our website, Kidstar.org.